Well, good morning. Welcome to New Hope Chapel's Sunday morning prayer and worship service. And of course, I extend a welcome to those online. I'm assuming we have a good crowd here this morning, but I'm assuming and I'm praying that those of you online far outnumber us because I am looking forward to joint fellowship with all of you once we get past all this pandemic nonsense. But we will get through. God is good. You know, for this new year, I know that God is offering to each one of us a word to the wise. And that just happens to be the title of my sermon, A Word to the Wise. You know, my text is the Second Chronicles chapter 1, verses 7 to 10, and Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, both in the New King James. You know, our song set focused primarily on the words. I didn't feel like jumping up and down and clapping and what have you because the words were moving us toward God. So sometimes it's the words that support the worship. And I have provided a sermon outline. I believe it's on display behind me because this sermon... It's all about the words and the thoughts generated by those words. So please pray with me as I usually do in the spirit of Psalm 1914. And so dear Lord, this morning let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen? You remember the story, I'm sure, of Aladdin and his magic lamp. Aladdin would rub the lamp and a genie would appear and Aladdin could have any wish that he wanted and the genie would say to him, your wish is my command. And he would grant him whatever he wished. Now, I'm sure that we know that that was just a fantasy or just a fable. But what if it really happened? If you came upon a real genie, what would you wish for? What if an all-powerful being appeared to you who could do anything? And if he said, your wish is my command, what would you wish for? What would you ask him? You know, that situation actually happened. Almighty God, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, once made Solomon that very offer. In our text, 2 Chronicles 1-7 states, On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? Well, what does Solomon ask for? Did he ask for popularity that he might be famous? Did he ask for possessions that he might be rich? Did he ask for power that he might be influential? Our text, 2 Chronicles 1, verse 10, Solomon responds, Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can judge this great people of yours? Amazingly enough, all he asked for was wisdom. 
And we know that Solomon went on to become the wisest man who ever lived. Then our text, 2 Chronicles 1, verses 11 and 12 states, Then God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or life of your enemies, or nor have you asked long life, but you have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who have ever been before you, nor shall any after you have the like. So God not only gave him wisdom, but also gave him popularity, possession, and power. God put you here to make you wise. Psalm 90 verse 12 states, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, an entire book in the Bible, the book of Proverbs, was written by the world's wisest man to make us wise. And someone has defined a proverb as a short sentence based on long experience. And I want us to look this morning to the book of Proverbs to consider the wisdom that God gave Solomon and to let us get a word from the wise intended for us. First, In your outline, consider the supreme worth of wisdom. Now, I want to ask you a question. What do you think is more valuable, a bucket full of diamonds or a teaspoonful of wisdom? If you said diamonds, that would surprise me because being around us, you know what the answer should be. That's not to say between you and God you do without a little teaspoon of wisdom and go with the diamonds. But you understand that if you pick the diamonds, you are showing a lack of biblical understanding. For the Bible says that there is no comparison between heavenly wisdom and worldly wealth. And Solomon went on to say in Proverbs 16, 16, how much better it is to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. And then in Proverbs 8:11 Solomon says, "For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her." Now why is wisdom so valuable? First, wisdom is more than information. Wisdom is more than knowledge. Now, wisdom is related to knowledge, but you can be wise without knowing much. You don't have to be at who's who to know what's what. You need to understand that wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. You know, Charles Hayden Spurgeon said, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great as a knowing fool, but to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. You see, there is a difference between knowing facts and knowing God. Knowledge comes from what you know. Wisdom comes from who you know. Knowing God is the beginning of wisdom. 
Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and destruction. Instruction, I meant to say. You know, a man can have a brain full of knowledge, but be totally empty of wisdom. There really is a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is for the head. Wisdom is for the heart. Knowledge comes from below. Wisdom comes from above. Knowledge teaches. Wisdom transforms you. Knowledge is natural. Wisdom, supernatural. Knowledge identifies the problem. Wisdom solves the problem. Knowledge can get you into trouble. Wisdom can keep you out of trouble. Second information, knowledge is not education. You may have so many degrees hanging on your wall that you feel like a thermometer and still not be wise. The world is full of educated fools. The Bible says in Job 32.9, Great men are not always wise, nor do the aged always understand. Justice. In our society, we hear people crying out from every sector of society that the answer to all of our problems is education. Well, I'm here to tell you that education cannot solve our problems. Only revelation can solve our problems. The solution to the sickness in our society is not knowledge that you can get out of a book, but wisdom that you can get out of the book. Someone has said, That wisdom is to the mind what health is to the body. I believe that's true. Because both wisdom and health come from God. Wisdom is not something that is learned. It is something that is received. Now, I'm not trying to minimize the value of education. I believe everyone ought to get all the education they can. But education is not wisdom. Let me give you my definition of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to think through the mind of God. The ability to see through the eyes of God. The ability to hear through the ears of God. The ability to live through the heart of God. That ability comes from God. Second, your odd line, consider the sure way to wisdom. If you want to be wise, and only a fool doesn't, you need to remember that wisdom, according to the Bible, is like gold. And therefore, you must know where to find it, and then you must know how to mine it. The steps on how to do that are given for us here in Proverbs 2. There are four steps in number. First step to wisdom Inclination. Proverbs 2, verses 1 and 2 state, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline, incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Let me break that down for you into four thoughts. First, the word incline. Pictures a dog whose ears are perked up when he hears a noise, a strange sound. His ears are literally inclined to hear noises. 
That's what this word means. Now the context here is hearing the word of God. If you want wisdom, you must incline your ear to the word of God. That means, first of all, you must read the word of God. The word incline means literally to tune in or to sharpen the hearing. When you listen to the radio, there are two things you have to do. First of all, you have to turn it on. And then you've got to tune it in. Now the same thing is true with God's word. The first step to wisdom is opening the word of God. The greatest hindrance to wisdom is a dusty Bible. You incline your ear to the word of God, first of all, by reading it. For this book is more than a voice of experience. It is the voice of wisdom. But we must also receive the word of God. Second thought, Proverbs 2.1 continues. My son, if you receive my words, the word receive There literally means to welcome. There should be a welcome mat on the door of your heart for the word of God. There is no shortcut to wisdom. It takes time, effort to be wise. You know, I believe one of the greatest problems that is facing the church today is the massive failure on the part of the vast majority of our people to daily study the word of God. If you want to be wise, you must take time to read the book. You look at the time we spend watching television, using our iPhones, reading magazines, newspapers, and going to movies. Compare that to the time that we spend in the Word of God, and we are literally penny-wise and pound-foolish. Now take this principle to the bank. Wisdom is directly related to our knowledge of the Word of God. And sadly enough, so many people are biblically illiterate, even in the church. Well, I once shared this story about a Sunday school teacher who asked her Sunday school class, can anybody tell me where you find the Beatitudes? And one little boy raised his hand and said, teacher, have you looked In Google? But we must also remember the Word of God. The third thought. Proverbs 2.1 continues. And treasure my commands within you. We are to store God's Word in our heart. We are to give it a place to stay. We are to memorize it. We are to meditate on it. And then we must reproduce The word of God. Fourth thought. Proverbs 2 verse 2. And apply your heart to understanding. That is we are to apply God's word to our daily living. We are to flesh out our Bible study. You know James 1.22 says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. Listen. The opposite of wisdom is not ignorance. It is disobedience. Listen, it would be better for you never to have read the Bible than to read it and not live it. Second step to wisdom, revelation. Our text, Proverbs 2, verse 3 states, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. 
We are to cry out for wisdom. We are to ask for wisdom. Well, to whom do we go? The professor? The philosopher? No. Listen to James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Do you know why this world, world would rather have human education that brings knowledge rather than holy revelation that brings wisdom? I can tell you in one word. P-R-I-D-E. Pride. Solomon said in Proverbs 11:2, when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. I want you to remember something. The only person who will ever be wise is the person who, one, first admits that he's not, and two, realizes that only God is wise. And that is why humility and wisdom go together, for it is the wise person who humbly admits that he needs wisdom and that only God can give it. You know, someone has well said, a Christian on his knees sees farther than a philosopher on his tiptoes. Third step to wisdom, investigation. Our text, Proverbs 2, verse 4 states, If you seek her as silver, as search for her, as for hidden treasures. If you heard that your property contained the most valuable hidden treasure in the world, treasure enough that it would make you rich forever and forever, would you look for it? You bet you would. You would tear your property up. You would uproot every tree, pull up every bush, look under every rock to find that treasure. And if you're going to find the treasure of God's wisdom, you're going to have to get into the book, dig as deep, dig as diligently, and dig as devotedly as if you would be looking for this hidden treasure. And fourth, the fourth step to wisdom, inspiration. Our text, verse 2 of Proverbs, verses 5 and 6 states, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. What a comforting thought to know that if we will follow God's four steps that he has given us, he will give us wisdom. He will give us knowledge He will give us understanding. And then it goes on to say in verse 6, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. The Bible is a storehouse, a treasure chest of the wisdom of God. And if you read it, remember it, and reproduce it, God will give you wisdom. If you require wisdom, and you request wisdom, you will receive wisdom. Third in your outline, consider the supernatural work of wisdom. Wisdom has a work that she wants to perform in every life. Wisdom is not a toy to play with. It is a tool you build with. What does wisdom do for you? First, wisdom guides you to the Savior. Job 28.28 reminds us, 
And to man he said, Behold, the fruit of the Lord, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Now I want to make a strong statement here that may sound offensive. In fact, it probably will be offensive to some. But that's all right if it offends you enough to bring you to Jesus. And here is the statement. Only fools who hear the gospel die without Jesus. Again, only fools who hear the gospel die without Jesus. You show me a person who has had an opportunity to be saved and yet has never been saved. I don't care how high his IQ might be, how many degrees he may have on his wall. He has not even gotten to the first grade of the university of life. For the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Second, wisdom guards you from sin. Proverbs 7, verses 4 to 5 states, Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Wisdom will guard you from sin, shame, and sorrow. And you can tell who the wise person is by the, his or her attitude towards sin. Here are four thoughts that Solomon had to say about the foolish sinner. Number one, fools look for sin. Proverbs 1.16 states, their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Fools look for trouble. They look to see what kind of mischievous activity they can get into. Number two, fools laugh at sin. Proverbs 14.9 states, fools mock at sin But among the upright, there is favor. You know, fools not only laugh at sin, but they make fun of people who rebuke sin or who preach against sin. Number three, fools live in sin. Proverbs 14, 16 states, A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. In other words, only a fool lives in sin and sleeps in peace. Number four, fools leap into sin. Proverbs 22.3 states, A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Fools don't even sense the danger of sin. To them there is no God to meet. There's no judgment to face. There's no hell to shun. They don't realize the danger of sin until it is too late. So I must warn you, sin will give you a thrill right at first, but it will destroy you in the end. Here's the limerick for you. There was a young lady from Niger who smiled as she rode on a tiger They came back from the ride with the lady inside and a smile on the face of the tiger. You know, the wise man knows that sin thrills, but then it kills. Sin fascinates, but then it assassinates. Sin enjoys, then it destroys. Third, wisdom gives you satisfaction. 
Proverbs 3.13 states, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Do you know why the man is happy who finds wisdom? Because when you find wisdom, you find Jesus. For the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.24 that Christ is the wisdom of God. Listen. The only source of true happiness is the Lord Jesus. And now I have a poem for you. Friends all around me are trying to find what the heart yearns for by sin undermined. But I have the secret. I know where tis found. Only true pleasures in Jesus abound. So this morning I want to leave you with a bit of advice. Wise up. Look up. Get up and come to Jesus. Amen? Amen. The service is over, but this time what I want to do is close in prayer because I want us to leave this place of worship with an attitude of prayer. So bow your heads and open your ears and your hearts. (sighs) Dear Lord, we pray for your wisdom in our church family. Teach us how to better serve one another in the world Teach us to seek your truth and embody your compassion with all we meet. Dear Lord, we pray for wisdom for our world. Teach us to show greater tolerance and love for unbelievers. Lord, teach us compassion and understanding so that all may share this world in peace. Holy and wonderful God, we thank you for those present and online this morning. May they go from this service refreshed and renewed, having felt the touch of your loving Holy Spirit. We pray for those ill, injured, or who mourn in our community. Dear Lord, touch them with your tender care, reassuring them of your presence, and speeding their journeys to wholeness and wellness. Oh, dear Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our God, your love is true, and it is bright, and it guides us on our way. And may we go forth from here with with new wisdom, new joy, and new hope. Give us this week the grace of your presence and your love to carry us through the days until we meet again in this fellowship. And everyone said, Amen.